Welcome to the Jumping Through Hoops podcast series. I'm Hannah Charlotte. I'm a multidimensional entrepreneur, marketing, media, and mindset wizard, and mum of three. And I have set this podcast up in order to serve and support you in your journey of entrepreneurship. Enjoy. Welcome back to episode 60 of the Jumping Through Hoops podcast series with myself, Hannah Charlotte. Now, today I am interviewing a lovely lady and her name is Laura Harris, and she is an advocate for raising awareness for Lyme disease. So unfortunately, Laura got diagnosed with Lyme disease a few years ago. And the month of May is Lyme Disease Awareness Month. So it's a really, really important topic to raise awareness for. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about early diagnosis, prevention, and how to live with it. And so welcome, Laura, to the uh, podcast episode. Hi, thank you so much, Hannah, for doing this. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your background, first of all, and and I guess how you came to realise that you were actually suffering with Lyme disease. Mm, okay, yeah. Well, um, I, I got bitten by a tick um, when I was on a guide camp about 30 years ago. And then days they knew even less than, than now. Um, so move the tick. I didn't have a rash. Um, a third of people don't have a rash. Um, so I didn't have a rash, uh, but I did have symptoms um, and then they progressively sort of got worse. I'd have bouts of illness all through my teenagers, then um, a lot of migraines, terrible bone pain, leg pains, um, from my tonsils, my bowels, TMI, but, you know, some severe problems with that, um, fatigue. Uh, and then I'd sort of, you know, get myself together and then deteriorate, get myself together, deteriorate. I then got bitten again in my twenties. Um, so yeah, it ju it's just gone on and on like that. And any time, uh, you know, there's been like a stressor or a, you know, an illness, a vaccine maybe, or, a you know, having a baby, I've then, you know, had a terrible lapse and deteriorated. Mm. So this has gone on until um, 10 years ago and I was in a car crash. Um, and I've met five other people actually since uh, being in the Lyme community that, that this has happened to. Um, and the specialists are saying that it basically finished off my immune system and my nervous system. Um, it couldn't keep it at bay any longer. It couldn't sort of overcome it. So it, it just remained active then in my body, the bacterial infection um, and uh, yeah, took over. So I rapidly declined from that point. Um, I started losing my memory. Um, it hadn't been great, but it had, you know, deteriorated. Recall, relay. Um, I was a drug and alcohol recovery worker and counselling psychotherapist. Um, I'd started having to use a dictaphone. I was sleeping between clients. I was I was not able to write care plans and risk plans anymore. So I knew something wasn't right and I couldn't connect things together. I had a lot of friends that say, oh, Laura, you're just getting older. Oh, you're stressed. Oh, you're depressed. Oh, um, you know, I forgot my keys yesterday. Oh, I forgot that. You know, that wasn't what it is. This is hundreds of times an hour. It actually feels like something's in my brain. Um, so I ended up being medically discharged about um, 
five years ago now, heartbreakingly, because um, my career, my you know, working with those people was everything to me. Um, and uh, I then, I'd heard a couple of little references. Um, this is why it's so important for me to do this stuff because it, it sows seeds for people. But I had these couple of references about Lyme disease because I'd been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Um, which is basically inflammation of the nerves, the muscles, the fibers, you know, it's real, it's, it's pain, it, you know, a lot of, um, but it's what's causing that, that is the issue and the inflammation in the body. So um, I then heard Yolanda Hadid's book called Believe Me, and I listened to it from beginning to end, I cried the whole way through, and she talked about something, it felt like something was eating her brain, in her brain, and I just absolutely knew this, what it was. I had everything she talked about. So I um, had to borrow some money, raise some money, you know, sell some stuff. And I went for private testing um, uh, that got sent to USA, Germany, um, all over the world and special place in the UK. And it came back um, that I had, yeah, that late stage Lyme disease and Babesia, which is another co-infection, cousin to malaria, Bartonella and mycoplasma pneumonia. Um, and they were all active at the time. Um, so yeah, they've done a lot of damage. <laughs> so can you tell us about like the testing? Because I suppose if if you think back to however many years ago it was when when you were first bitten, and like you say at Guy Camp, um, you know even now there's not much awareness about it but back then there would have been probably next to nothing um, so can you tell us now what the testing system is you've just explained that you had to pay for it and go yeah. through a lot of hoops to kind of yeah. get there um but can you tell us now has that improved any in any way at all yeah I mean I, I want to say um I'm not slating the NHS they do a lot of things well but public health when it comes to Lyme disease they're back in the medieval ages um that very you know they're still giving out a lot of wrong information so um with with the testing it's just not adequate enough from the nhs so they're mostly giving out false negatives so people will go to the doctors um most people a lot of people don't have a rash but they often say you still have to have a rash mm. um they a lot of people don't have symptoms straight away so um it's trying to get a test. You can't have a test within the first six weeks of being bitten because the antibodies won't have built up um, enough. So if it's done at the wrong time, they're given you know, the wrong, the wrong result. Um, and then after that, it's just, um, they have to look at the serum in the blood, the antibodies. Um, it's very, very complex testing and a process of testing a number of them um, that you have to go through. Um, so yeah. Uh, basically they they just their test isn't adequate enough and they're not up to date enough with with doing the tests correctly unfortunately not everybody but um you know there's there's yeah. progress but it's a long way to go so then you have to go down the road of getting specialist testing um but it's only when people put the pieces together so um Lyme disease is uh, called the great imitator because a uh, huge majority of people with ME, MS, fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's either, a lot of mental health problems, autism, it's actually 
turning out to be uh, Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. So uh, people go to their doctors, say they've got all these symptoms and they'll either get diagnosed with one of those or depression or or just told, you know, they're, they're not believed. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the hardest parts for people in this community, like a lot of chronic illness, but it's it's getting believed and getting the help that you need. So, yeah. Because it, it does sound if, if it was if if it was discovered earlier for people because you saying that you're you it was discovered that you had like the late stages of it yes. um but and which unfortunately you're saying there is no cure currently but in the early stages there is in fact a cure so yeah well they yeah. can give you um some some strong antibiotics for uh three weeks and nice guidelines they you know you can have two courses of those and you know often that's that's what's needed to yeah to um, get rid of it yeah so can you talk a little bit about maybe prevention like obviously you've done a lot of research now on the topic um you know and, and you're raising a lot of awareness for this so can you mm-hmm. talk to us because it must be quite a common thing I mean tick bites you know especially those that are listening in the UK that live on the south coast I know we've got we're surrounded by woodlands and forests and you know it, it must be very prevalent you know yeah, so absolutely absolutely and uh, new forest actually along with Inverness and the Highlands are the most prevalent place in the UK um and uh yeah but I want to say before I carry on with that is that I love nature nature is one of the most beautiful things we've been gifted with it's wonderful to be out there and enjoying wildlife and you know everything that that does for our mind body and soul so often people when I've spoken they're like oh no I'm scared to go out and that's the last thing I want please enjoy and love nature it's just knowing what to do so um it's important to say it is all over the UK even in London parks or it's even been found in a tick in the Arctic now so I think you know that myth sort of starting to be dispelled that it's only certain times of the year and it's only uh, certain places so um just being very aware um trying to stick to pathways when you can um grass areas and woodland areas um and uh use a use a good repellent Lyme disease UK at the moment have, have partnered with a good company I'll add it in the, the links mm. to this um where light colored clothing um when you get home do a really thorough check um if you've got a tumble dryer put your clothes in there for 10 minutes um uh yeah, so pull your socks up. I know it's not very sexy, but pull them up <laughs> over your trousers if you can and just, uh, yeah, shower, um, check your pets. Pets can get Lyme disease as well. And obviously, right. pets, you know, carry ticks. Um, so really do a thorough check of them. It's important to say that uh, ticks um, in, in the early stages can be smaller than poppy seeds. So they're very hard to miss. And a lot of people don't even know that they've, they've been bitten. Um, so especially with children, it's looking a lot around the hairline, behind the ears, in a lot of those sort of crevices mm. and places that um, they can they can be. Um, and very important is to remove the tick um, safely. So with a proper tick twister, they come in two sizes. So when it's um, so, you know smaller and bigger, and also um, if you don't have that, the the pointy fine tip tweezers, you know the the pointed edges ones but really you should do it with the tick remover um I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that um I think 
yeah I think that's the main mm. main tips <laughs> yeah so if someone has been bitten by a tick then what would they what would you advise them to do would they go to a doctor straight away or what would well, there's a typical um there's a typical em rash i don't know can you can you see oh i don't know if yeah. oh, oh it's because i'm there isn't it can you see yeah Sorry. we we can uh, share, we yeah. can share um, if, if this, people do yeah. yeah there's a typical it's called the bullseye rash an em rash um so you can draw a circle around that and see if it spreads because that's sort of how the nature of it um, sort of outwards um, like I say a lot of people don't have the rash but if you do go to the GP if you get any um, like flu-like symptoms headaches a lot of knee pain bell palsy you know at the face mm. loops neck pain to say that <laughs> sorry I might repeat myself um, yeah migraines things like that is really important to go um, go with the nice guidelines go with the up-to-date information um, Lyme Disease UK, uh, as part of this month's campaign, have amazingly now um, sent out all the documentation, documentation to all the posters and everything to, um, I think, most GPs in the country, which is amazing, and had it put on the, you know, the digital boards in the yeah. waiting rooms, so that's fantastic. Um, there's a free e-course for GPs that they can do um, with... Um, uh, that's been put on and uh, a toolkit. So all them resources available, available again, I will, I will pass on to you. Um, yeah, Royal Society of General Practitioners um, put that together. Um, so yeah, uh, it's just going, going with the nice guidelines, do not be fobbed off, um, you know, and, and insist on that three weeks of doxycycline or amoxicillin if you, if you can't have a doxycycline. Um, and then the, the extra three weeks if, if it's needed and you haven't improved. Um, what's also important to say is if, if uh, you know you've been bitten and then you end up having these symptoms much later on, months later, a year later, two years later, or like after you've had some sort of trauma, hit your head, uh, car crash, whatever, and you sort of piece it all together like a jigsaw and you think, well, hold on, I've got all the symptoms here and I was bitten last year. It's, it's a a likely chance that it may have activated it as it did with me um, and many uh, other patients that you know stories I've heard it's, it's happened like that so again it's going to the GP and saying look um, you know just to try and piece that together mm. um, but you, you probably will have to go to sort of down the private route of, of clinics and, and specialists really yeah I mean obviously like you know raising awareness and hopefully you know we're getting better hopefully as a society of of getting to know more about it as I say you know unfortunately for you back years ago there was little to no awareness I imagine yeah, little, yeah, yeah. so can you talk about unfortunately obviously your children have, yeah. have picked it have it can be passed on can't it yeah congenitally yes yeah. yeah. so I've passed it on to them um, through the womb so um again public health aren't really acknowledging this I'm not sure how they'd take the lid off it to be honest but um it's very common for um when one family member finds out they've got it the other family members get tested and find out they've got it very very common um so yeah, it, I, I started uh, this learning journey about four years ago when I was diagnosed. I've met many specialists around the world. 
um, been to a lot of conferences, spoke a lot in forums and things and um, the community. And it came to my awareness that there are a number of childhood symptoms as well. And both my children have been ill growing up um, and uh, my son especially with, with very severe OCD, um, which is one of the main childhood symptoms. Um, and uh, yeah, it, uh, in the last two years, I've, uh, I just knew the same as I knew um, about myself and I got them both tested and heartbreakingly, they both also have been confirmed with Lyme and the flu infections. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, we've worked through it and accepted it now um, on the whole, uh, that sort of realization, but we also feel the lucky ones to know because hundreds of thousands of people have it and don't know. Yeah. So now we can sort of all proceed with our treatment really. Yeah, so can you talk a little bit about that? What sort of treatment um, do you have like for yourself and obviously your children as well? Yeah, um, well, I've, I've gone down the route of, because I've got neuroborrelia, uh, Osis, which is is where it's hosted itself in my brain which is why I've had a lot of the neurological and the sort of memory loss and, and that side of things I was actually referred to a memory clinic because <laughs> um, it had got so bad um, I've gone down with one of the world specialists I believe he is the best for um, for, for this uh, and that's Dr Jemsek in Washington um, so I went out there two years ago um, had an examination consultation and, and was prescribed um, again because if you can't get tested on public health the treatment also you have to go privately um, so I've uh, now not had any treatment for a year because I just I just was so exhausted with fundraising crowdfunding selling borrowing begging you know I just I just got I just wasn't well enough but um I've now, uh, a family member has given me some money and I've just had a consultation with him again and been prescribed my medication. Um, I've just had to pay to get it out of customs, would you believe, because I had to get it from Germany. Um, it's not enough, you've got to pay for life-saving treatment, you then have to pay to, to get it through customs. Um, but yeah, uh, so um, yeah, so it's mainly antibiotics, malaria treatment, um, herbal um, supplements, uh, a lot of uh, probiotics. Um, I use a lot of Ayurveda as well because I study Ayurveda and, and that I find incredible. Um, so yeah, it's uh, sometimes I take 40 things a day. So it's uh, a lot um, and doing like coffee enemas, Epsom salt baths, castor oil packs, saunas, um, a lot of trying to get the inflammation down as much as you can um, and then I didn't mention earlier when I said about the testing but there's biofilms uh, that form around the uh, around the bacterias um, which sort of camouflage from the immune system and then the immune system tries to there's damage tries to find it and the uh, the biofilm changes again camouflages and this is why it's so hard to detect so um, then I have to have treatments sort of kill those off. Um, but then you see you've got all the toxins from what you've been taking plus the toxic die off. So then you've got to try and detox all that the body, reduce the inflammation from that. So it's very, very complex. Um, so that's the route I've had to go down because I've had it so long and because it's in my brain. And um, 
so my children obviously I uh my son's 20 my daughter's 14 I do not want to put them through that at this stage and I'm hoping that they're young enough and their immune systems are strong enough to to sort of kick in and help it become dormant so um I've Got them under a specialist clinic in the UK which uses bioresonance homeopathy and um, homeopathic treatment sorry and herbal treatment um, so they're on, on those protocols but again you'd think children but I still have to fundraise and fund it so now I've got three of us I've been medically discharged so it's a, it's a lot of juggling you know mm. to, to make it all happen um, yeah but yeah, I believe I believe we're like I said, the lucky ones to know, and we're determined to keep. You know, yeah, I mean, the work you're doing, obviously, in raising awareness for this is is fantastic, and you know, it's obviously it's given you a really strong purpose as well to. Yeah um and awesome. I've been following some of your stuff in the media as well you've been featured in quite a few um media publications haven't you recently yeah, yeah. raising awareness for it yeah. so really well done yeah um, we got the um Spinnaker Tower lit up green um part of the, the month campaign is getting light up for lime so we wear lime for lime we light up for limes we get as many landmarks as possible I even had Niagara Falls lit up green wow. early in the months. So that's really, it's really fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. And can you let us uh, know where, I mean, are there, you were mentioning forums and, and events that mm. you've spoken at, where can people go to, to get support for this? Like, um, Well, um, Lyme Disease UK are, for me, just one of the most wonderful charities there are. I mean, they, they are so incredible at, helping with prevention awareness campaigning but also supporting people that are new to diagnosis and new to the whole whole world of it so they have an incredible website Lyme disease uh, UK um, that you can check out all up-to-date information but also they have community groups and forums that you can sort of join there's also Cordwell Lyme Co charity which is run by John Cordwell um, uh if you're aware of him he set up phones for you um so he yeah he's a number of his family members are also infected and he's set up Cordwell Children and Cordwell Lime Co like I said so they're an incredible charity as well mm. and there's lots and lots of others and I'm sort of in, involved in some in America and different places as well um I have a Instagram account called Laura versus Lime um, so I have a lot of, of those sort of okay. specific just for that. So a lot of that's on there as well um, that, you know, ways that you can. Um, yeah, we'll make sure uh, to share all the links that we can in the show notes. Yeah. So anybody who's listening to this that wants to sort of directly find out where they can go for support, will have the links available as well as your Instagram handle as well. So people can find you, follow you and connect with you as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Is there anything else that you think? That um, well, I just, I just think um, I just uh, wanted to share that because in a lot of the forums in the community, there's just so much um a lot of desperation and people with desperate stories and people that are losing hope and feeling I think because it's so hard to be heard with it there's not the testing the treatment is so varied and you know the whole way it is and and people um there's a lot of suffering with it so um I just think it's really important to know that there is hope there's always hope 
Um, I think I've, I've got a faith and I'm very into law of attraction and love frequency and all of that. But I just think there's always hope and there's always a way. And it's just um, it's better to know and know you can do something about it. Um, I think and. Uh, yeah, and just in gratitude as well, because even in practicing gratitude, even in my illness, um, there's things to be grateful for. And there's things, you know, you can learn and, and grow through. So um, it's just so important to have that, I think. And my animals, um, my animals get me through I, in some of my darkest moments. And there's been a couple, you know, where I didn't know how I could keep going. So um, yeah, they, they're amazing for me. And I think different people find different things um, work, but those for me um, are key really. And the dreams, not letting go of your dreams and yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. To, to change the system when I'm stronger and better, you know, and so yeah, lots of plans and ideas. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. doing an amazing, amazing job. And I'm sure, you know, that there's a purpose to all this for you. You know, as I say, you're an advocate for this. And I'm sure that you are helping a lot of people through the work that you are doing. So, you know, really, really well done. And I, I seriously admire your strength. Oh, thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you. And thanks for helping raise awareness. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much, Laura. And as I say, we're going to share all of those links uh, in the show notes and also on all of our social media platforms so that we can raise as much awareness about this as possible. So thank you for joining us for this episode, Laura. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. I do hope my information has been useful in some way. Now, if you have enjoyed listening, then I would really appreciate if you leave me a review over on iTunes or any other platform that you are listening from. Thank you.